The only purpose for his life could be to serve as a warning to others. It's the Drew Marshall Show. Well, folks, uh, recent research has indicated that the majority of non-churchgoers actually label themselves Christians, at least in the United States of America. Uh, Most often, those uh, same people cite hurtful incidents suffered within the church as their reason for not participating in organized religion, which makes sense. Hypocrisy within the Christian church has clearly left deep and painful wounds on many of its own people. And best-selling author and world-renowned evangelical leader, Anne Graham Lotz explores the ways that Christians wound one another and the ways that uh, maybe you could stop the cycle of harmful words and actions in her new book, which I might mail out to Mark Driscoll tomorrow. Ladies and gentlemen, Anne Graham Lotz. Hi, Anne. Hey, how are you, Drew? I am fantastic. So lovely to hear your voice. I'm so sad that uh, we missed each other in, in August. I was way, way up north, and, um, and you were here doing something uh, with CTS Television, I think. That's right. I would love to have um, done this uh, conversation in person, it just w- where I could sit across from you and see your face and just enjoy the dialogue. Yeah, you know, it's better if you didn't see my yeah, face. I, I can back you up <laughs> on oh, that one, Oh, shush Drew. over there. Shush. <laughs> and last time we spoke, uh, you were the representative of Tribe Jesus during a little contest we did called uh, Soul Survivor, where five yes. religious tribes competed for the soul of one person. That's Catalina. I still pray for her, Drew. Oh, my goodness. Really? Yes. Yes, I do. I stopped praying for her a long time ago. No, you know, I just uh, felt that it was a wonderful conversation, and so we'll just pray. You know, God, yeah, I know that God loves her. She, so. was, she was very, very touched that you sent her personally a book of yours, yes. and uh, even though that would be considered cheating in the contest, Anne... <laughs> That's cheating. I don't know if you realize that. Uh, you know, uh, she could read it after she finished the contest. <laughs> true, true. Okay, that's all right. That's a way to bend the rules. Yeah. Well done. Well, listen, I'm so glad that you've come out with this book because, you know, these are the conversations that we talk a lot about on our show. Um, a lot of people that I talk to who don't go to church anymore, you ask them why, and they, oh boy, I tell you, 90%, well, maybe 80% of the time, they say they, they share this story of how people just really hurt them or, or ignored them. That's the worst one. Ignored them. Well, I think um, the ignoring them to me is not as difficult as being lied to, rejected, betrayed, slandered. And that goes on within uh, the family of God. And I don't know why, except that we're all sinners, Drew, you know. And But within the church or the family of God, sinners like myself, we've been to the cross, we've asked Jesus to forgive us. Uh, we believe he, he comes into us in his spirit, so we've been born again as a child of God, and that behavior is not appropriate. It's it's not com- it's just not compatible with who we are um, in in Jesus Christ. And so um, I use my own example in this book. It's wounded by God's people, and I use my own story, and then the story from Scripture of Hagar and Abraham and Sarah, just to explain that that you can be wounded by God's people, but that. But God's people don't always represent God. Okay. Know, and, yes. Hold on a second. Please tell me that people have not hurt you and wounded you, because I will <laughs> I will go after them in a heartbeat. <laughs> well, you know, um, it was interesting. When I look back on my life, um, uh, some of them I had forgotten, some of these wounds, that, and I felt like God brought them to my mind. Others I will never forget, I don't think. They still hurt. But 
but I, it, I just felt like there was a lot of it in my life to the point that God would have me write it down and share it, because I have worked through these wounds, and, and actually in writing the book, I was wounded as, as severely as I have been in my life. It was amazing, but I, I know how to work through it. I know what the process is, and, and I don't have to live in the anger, resentment, imaginary conversations. I can work through and be released from that and receive God's blessing. And so that's what I wanted to share, how you can start on your healing journey if you've been treated like this. Okay, and are you, I mean, you've alluded quite strongly to some serious hurt here. Can you share any of these hurts? We, I'll share one that I put in the book that maybe people could, uh, re- I don't know if they can relate to or not, I hope not, but <laughs> we, my husband and I were members of a church for 15 years. He was head of the Board of Deacons, he was head of the men's ministry, oh. and uh, they were going through a, a pastoral change. The leadership decided that my husband and I had too much influence over the congregation, and so behind closed doors, you know, and their little political things, they they began uh, maneuvering, and, and it just climaxed on a Sunday morning during the worship service when they called the business meeting, and they removed my husband from his leadership positions. And when they announced the vote, the church applauded. And hmm. as I left, and, and there were other things involved in that too, but, but as I left and we walked out to the car in the parking lot, my face was just burning with humiliation. You know, I, I thought we'd be in that church for the rest of our lives. Our children had been born and baptized there, and, um, and I knew they were saying, we don't want you. And, uh, but I knew also at that moment that God is not like that church. I, I knew that. I knew him. I'm so thankful I had a strong enough faith that, that it didn't rock my faith. It strengthened it, actually. Okay, but here, here's the thing. Let's just let's go back to this for a second. The church applauded? Yes. Were you, and, and you were in the room? Yes, it w- and, and it was a worship, you know, it was supposed to be Sunday morning church, worship service. So, and I think sometimes people behave in a way, and because they get caught up in the moment, they don't even realize how bad it is. And so then, then I have the response, how, how am I going to respond to that? And my husband and I responded in love and grace. No, to, no, you didn't. Come on. <laughs> because I felt like... Um, I'm not sure they knew everything that was going on. They just got caught up in what their leadership was um, influencing them to do. Did, but, are, are you telling me you sat there and looked at the congregation and said, forgive them for they know not what they do? Uh, exact. In fact, I stood up to the microphone and I appealed to them. And, uh, and they, uh, they, that made them, I almost think sometimes when you do that, it makes them angrier. Oh, it heaps colds. More hostile. Yes. <laughs> so they became more hostile. And um, so at that point, my husband and I felt like we needed to leave because we were a problem for them and they had become a problem for us. You, you see, well, exactly. Like that's the indica- It's like when, you, when you're dating and you break up with, with John. Yeah. And, and John turns into the, the more of a psycho than you even thought he was. That's confirmation you made the right move, you know? That's right. Well, the church wasn't psycho. It's still thriving. Today. Well, it's not thriving, but it's doing well. And, you know, one of the things that helps me, Drew, is in First Peter chapter 2, verse 23, Peter says, when Jesus was... Um, you know, wounded, and when he was rejected and actually crucified, is that he didn't try to defend himself or excuse himself or explain himself. He just was silent, and he committed himself to the one who judges justly. And I know a lot of these things, you just have to commit them to God. In the end, he's going to sort it out. You know, uh, someone's going to be listening to your story. As a matter of fact, I have a friend in studio uh, sitting here, and she comes from a great, interesting background, as far as I'm concerned, you know, a half-Jewish, half-Christian sort of background. And, uh, you know, not really into the church thing, and and here's this story of yours, Mm -hmm. and like most people, I think, uh, you know, especially outsiders to the Jesus scene, would say, you see, you see, why would I want to be part of that nonsense? 
And I agree. And twice in my life, after that experience, another experience we had in the church, my husband and I left. So for a year, we were believers in exile, both times. And I know what it's like to sit at home and enjoy myself and watch TV and, you know, go to Starbucks late and whatever I want to do. And, um, but there's something about being in a church fellowship that is a blessing. It's, um, it's an encouragement. It's a comfort. And, and when we, the last time we were in a really bad situation and we left the church, one year to the day we were back in a church, which is where we still are today. My husband helped plan it. And, and it's a, it's a blessing, you know, so not every church is perfect. I mean, they're not, you know, somebody said if I joined it, then they wouldn't be. So, So churches are places for sinners, but it's just when, when we hurt each other like that, then I think we need to go to each other, we need to work it through, we need to set it right. Okay, let me ask you this, uh, and by the way, we're on the phone with, uh, I'm going to say my favorite Graham. Yeah, <laughs> you are dear, thank you. Uh, you're, such a, you're such a favorite Graham, I think I'm going to nickname you a wafer. Is that all right? <laughs> no. You know, I was called all my life a graham cracker. So a cracker. You know, okay, well, there you go. That's okay, yeah. <laughs> Just don't use that word in the South. Yeah. Um, so i got to bring – look, it always has to come back to me. It's called the Drew Marshall Show. Yeah. I have been intentionally um, not going to church for four years now, mm-hmm. and I initially wanted to detach myself from the tribe so that I mm-hmm. could figure out whether I was believing stuff because of tribal conditioning Mm -hmm. or whether I was believing stuff because it's true. Mm -hmm. And when it comes to still answering that question, you know, see people say, well, what church do you go to? Oh man, that internal thing inside of me, do I have to go through that? You know, explain, because you feel like a schmuck when you're going, well, I don't go to church. You know that some people are going to go, why are, you know, their internal thing. Anyway, my point is, Anne, I don't want to go back to church. And, and, and one of the reasons I don't want to go back to church is because I'm a jerk. Mm-hmm. I am I I spend more time analyzing from a sociological perspective than than soaking in what I need. I'm very independent. I you know, and I and I still serve the body outside of the church. I still serve, well, I'm, I'm making myself sound better than I am. I'm not a rock star at serving, but I you know, I still do stuff. I yeah. I do I help yeah. old ladies across the street, yeah. you know, yeah. stuff like that. <laughs> but but so, so should I go back to church? All right, let me use this illustration, okay? So, um, if you have a fire going in your fireplace, and there's several logs there, yep. if you take off all of them except one, mm-hmm. in a few minutes, that log, the fire is going to go out. But my fire went out while I was part of the fire. Well, then I, I, I was going to change fires. <laughs> now, but some people are going to hear that and go, change fires means you need to become a Buddhist, or you need to become a Hindu, or you need to no. become, you know, cha- jump ship. No, no, because the truth is the truth, and Jesus is the truth. But, and, I, but I've been to a million churches. I really, you know, and I'm not a church yeah. shopper. I'm not a church yeah. bouncer. Mm-hmm. I believe in, in community a little bit, although yeah. I do have a Lone Ranger syndrome. I do have a little bit of that. Well, the, I, I would say to you, Drew, what I would say to myself is when we left that church, I spent time in God's Word. I read my Bible. I soaked myself in the Scripture. I spent time in prayer. And then God led us the next step. And, and when He leads you into the next step, if He leads you back to church and, and the opportunity is there and He puts it on your heart and your mind, then you do it. Don't, don't develop a stubborn spirit where you yeah. get rebellious and think, well, they hurt me in the last one. I'm not going to go to this one. Yeah. You know? No, it, it, has, it really had less to do with being hurt. It had more to do with just my own... Well, you know, you and I have chatted about this before, and I expect you to remember every word we've talked about over our last number of interviews. You know, I got to a point, actually, I just had lunch with Ravi Zacharias last week. I didn't actually have lunch with him. It was a luncheon. And when I was interviewing him four years ago, that's when I came out to everybody on air about me being no longer convinced that there's a God. 
Well, there is, and he loves you, and he loves you so much that he sent Jesus to die for you, and he's committed to you, and and it's not about a religion. And I know if you can remember things I've said on your show, yeah. I've told you that. Yeah. You know, it's not about a religion. It's about a personal relationship with a living God, and he's made it possible through faith in Jesus Christ. I mean, God could be just way up there, seated somewhere, and, and he would be up there, we would be down here, and, you know, how would we ever know God? But he has made himself knowable through Jesus. Okay, we are on the line with Anne Graham Lotz. Uh, she is the author of this new hot little book called Wounded by God's People. No, it's not a how-to book. Uh, it's it's uh, discovering how God's love heals our hearts despite of uh, being wounded uh, by God's people. And uh, when we finish here with Anne, we're going to be actually chatting with Enrico Colantoni, who is, well, you know him from uh, Flashpoint, television show Flashpoint. Just wanted to give you a little heads up. That's what's coming down the pipe. Um, and i got to ask you, uh, you know, earlier in your years, when Daddy was the rock star, you know, and and uh, presidents were calling him, and and uh, he was around the world. I mean, this this your father, the spotlight has been on your dad, and therefore your family mm-hmm. forever. That's right. And when people hurt your dad, mm-hmm. spoke out and ripped your dad apart. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's got to be even a worser hurt. Yes, that's a real word. A worser hurt. <laughs> You know, actually, people say that to me, but it's not because uh, I w- it wouldn't be hurt. I, w- I would get angry. And, and the, what I would get angry about, Drew, is when some of God's people would lash out at Daddy and, um, and not give him the benefit of the doubt, not extend to him some grace. You know, like when he went to Russia for that peace conference and he got creamed uh, by, by Christian leaders. But it was the right thing to do. You look in retrospect, and, and God used some of his visit and all of that to bring the walls down. So. Mm. So, but my my father, um, you know, if you're going to be a leader and if you're going to stand for something, if you have real convictions and you live by them and you share them, and, and he does, he believes that Jesus is the only way, the truth, the life. Nobody will come to the Father except through him, and and he stands by that. He's going to get slammed, you know. So that's just part of it. And and if you're going to be a leader, you have to be willing to get uh, slammed like that. So that's part of the territory. I think what what I would get angry about is when God's people would turn on him mm. and uh, because they weren't understanding or they weren't cutting him some, uh, you know, just extending grace. But my father is the most non-critical person. So in the home, I never heard him uh, talking back about them or saying something ugly or saying he couldn't understand this or that. He He's the most gracious, humble person. And, uh, and I pray I've learned some of that from just watching him. By the way, Daddy's doing okay? He's doing good. He'll have his uh, 95th birthday in November. He's doing My Hope America, which is, you know, his um, uh, another evangelistic message that will go out by simulcast and TV uh, throughout the nation of America. Just one more time presenting them with the gospel, which is just what I've shared with you, that God loves you and wants you to know him in a personal relationship through Jesus. And if God's people have hurt you, just keep in mind, Drew, that God's people are not God. You know, we, we yeah. sometimes give a very tarnished reflection of him, but God loves you and he has a plan for your life and until you come into a personal relationship with him you're missing out on the fullness of life um i think it's the celebrate recovery slogan or maybe they just talk about it a lot you know that hurting people hurt people yes that's right and and i've been there too and and this was something that i don't like to admit about myself Uh um, that i'm a wounder you know i've been wounded but i had a little dog when i was little and i was in the car when the driver ran over him and i remember running out to pick up the little dog and he he was my best little friend but he bit me to the bone and uh so anyway i wrapped him in a jacket took him to the vet but i asked mother that night why did my dog turn on me and she said and it doesn't matter if it's a four-legged animal or two-legged when you're 
hurt, you tend to lash out in your pain. Wow. And, uh, and so when somebody's wounded, you know, you know how it is. If somebody really comes after you, if they betray you, lie about you, then you want to go back and say, if they hurt me, I'm going to hurt them worse. Then they come back and hurt you worse. Then you go back and hurt them worse. And yeah. then pretty soon it's, you know, he said, she said, and yeah. we're trying to explain to everybody how we're right and they're wrong, and yeah. it just gets... Awful. I think you've just described marriage. Well done. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know, you can be wounded in marriage, and that is for sure. Yeah. But, but well, but no, I mean, look, the main point here is is yeah. stopping the cycle, right? That's stopping right. the cycle. Who's going to lay down their weapons first? That's exactly right. And I believe that that as a somebody who loves Jesus and wants to reflect Him, I have to give up my right to be right or to be the you know I have to go ahead and be the first one either to say I'm sorry or to forgive the other person. And forgiveness is a very powerful antidote to that pain. And when we make the choice, it's an intellectual decision we make to, to forgive the other person, not because they deserve it, but because God has forgiven us, and as an act of gratitude to God, then I forgive that person, and I reach out and do something for them, just a, an act to bless them. Something can be a write a letter, or take them a gift, or just, and then it helps set my spirit free, knowing that God's going to set it right. You know, one day he'll sort it out. The uh, website is Ann Graham Lots. Ann has an E. Graham has an H. I don't know. <laughs> Lots is L-O-T-Z. That's how we say it in Canada, Z. AnnGrahamLots.com. And when was the last time you had maybe a smell trigger uh, in regards to your to your mama who's been gone an, a few years now? You know those smell trigger. You know a um, smell all of a sudden triggers a memory yeah. of your mom. You know what an interesting question. I have a little jar on my dresser that was her um, the cream like hand lotion that she used. And when I miss her a whole lot, I'll just open up that jar and I can smell her. <laughs> nice. One of the sad things, which uh, I, sh- I don't know if I should even say this publicly, but soon after she left, I think my brother just wanted to clean up her room. And so they went in and cleaned the room and redid the floors and everything. And when I walked in, it, it, it's beautiful. And it, and it looks just like when she left it, except it's a little bit straighter. But there's no smell there. Yeah. You know, they took the smell away. And um, But I have that little jar on my dresser. <laughs> That's neat. That's neat. My mom yeah. died uh, the same night my son was born, actually. Wow. Well, and the the smell trigger I have, which I I don't smell anymore because I don't think they actually make it, was there was a line of of a bath products, etc., called Jeunette. Jeunette. Do you remember that, yes. Tim? Jeunette. Yes. yes. Um, anyway, Aww. just thought I'd go there. Oh, you know, and and uh, my mom. How about stuff your mom used to make? My mom made Aww. applesauce and rhubarb Aww. that was unbelievable. How about your your mom? My mother um, made great spaghetti, and I can make her spaghetti. She made a great roast. In fact, when I go home now to see my daddy, I try to make him a roast with all the trimmings that she used to make for Sunday lunch. And um, and she, we had a, a person at home that helped cook, and so she did a lot of the cooking. But my mother, uh, just because she had five of us, you know, and she was so busy, she didn't have time to cook as much as she liked. But whatever she did, I've learned to do. Um, I think, And she did Chinese food. You know, she was raised in China, so she did wonderful Chinese food that I, I can't do like she did. But right. once in a while, I, I try. And uh, she was a... Somebody who also knew what it was to be wounded, Drew, because she was raised in China and she saw a lot of stuff and was experienced a lot of things. She was sent to Pion, North Korea when she was uh, 13 to school. And um, and so she she had wounds in her life, but she also knew uh, Jesus in the most precious way. And he she was in love with Jesus. And that was something that filled her life and gave her joy. If you look at my mother, any picture you see, her eyes just sparkle. She had wonderful wit. She was very intelligent. And she was in love with Jesus, and that's what uh, helped to heal her wounds. So that's, and my daddy being gone, you know, they, they estimate 60% of my growing up years he was gone, which means he was also gone from her. But so she had, she had plenty of hurts, but 
but she knew Jesus in a way that I don't think she would have had she not been hurt like that, which is the same thing I'd like to say for those out there who are listening, that the wounds in my life God has used, so many of them, to redirect me, put me in a different direction, put me in a different church, to, to grow me up, and I can't live in the past. I can't look back and think, oh, if only this or that. Or I just move forward and embrace what God has for me, knowing that, that when everything is said and done, He's going to set it right. You're, the forward in the book, we've got to go here, but the forward in your book is written by Beth Moore. Can you, can you just get a message to Beth for me, please? Uh, you know, I'll do my best. Okay. I don't see her that much, but maybe she'll listen to this. Can you tell her to stop drinking so much coffee? <laughs> that woman no, is that wound good. up, man. She, her, when she, I've seen her in her message. You know, she uh, talks to a small group of, you know, yes. group of women, and yes. her eyes are huge, like she's just Aww. had twenty cups of coffee that morning. And, wow. <laughs> Well, she's somebody who understands what it means to be wounded, yeah, and yeah. I asked her to do that. We're not that close friends, but I, I appreciate the ministry she has among women, and I know she has been wounded in the past, and she's had a lot of victory over that. So she was very gracious, because she doesn't do that for people, but she uh, she wrote that forward for me, and I'm, I'm very grateful. And thank you so, so much. Always a pleasure to chat with you. Thank you, Drew. God bless you. Okay, bye-bye. Bye-bye. Folks, daughter of Billy and Ruth Graham, author of Wounded by God's People, discovering how God's love heals our hearts, and Graham Lotz on the Drew Marshall Show. Stay with us. I'm going to lose you either way. I'm going to lose you either way if I hold on tightly or I let go. It's hard to find quality guest speakers these days. If they're interesting, they're usually expensive. And if they're cheap, they're usually boring. Well, here's someone who's both expensive and boring. Drew Marshall is a high school dropout who tried to become a pro football player but didn't make it. He then tried to become a firefighter and didn't make it. Now he's trying to become a stand-up comic. (laughs) Good luck with that, Mr. Marshall. But... If you're looking for someone who's unpredictable, incredibly honest, provocative, genuine, then we've got the right guy. Everyone seems to be an expert on something these days. Why not book someone who's an expert on nothing? Except how to be brutally honest about yourself and your faith. To book Drew Marshall as your guest speaker, go to drewmarshall.ca. 